What's up, guys? It's me, AJ, and you're listening to Housewives Happy Hour with AJ. Welcome back, guys. We finally made it to the end of season five of Potomac. And um, I just have to say, that was a crazy season finale. I think that was absolutely insane. I didn't think we were going to get only 19 episodes. I thought maybe we would get like 21 or something, but I know that, um, you know, they were kind of wrapping things up at the holidays. So, um, anyways, um, I just have so many notes here. So we're just going to kind of go down the list, uh, in order of everything that happened in the episode. And we will talk about everything that happened. So first of all, I just have to say, I like how Giselle interrupted her confessional, um, for Juan's phone call because, um, of the whole proposal thing. First of all, I think Giselle has done an amazing job of keeping this secret. Um, so far nobody has known, um, except for Karen a little bit, you know, she heard a little bit on the Portugal trip and then Giselle kind of shut that down real quick. But, um, you know, Giselle is usually not a very good secret keeper. Um, in the past we've seen her kind of, um, you know, be the exposer of certain things. And, um, I think she's done a great job with kind of sheltering this information. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about the proposal in a little bit. So I don't know about you guys, but I definitely feel like Monique has made, um, quite a bit of progress just from the initial fight. And then up until, um, you know, the last episode, I feel like we kind of saw her go through a lot and, um, you know, just watching her go through that therapy session, Um, I definitely feel like she has made a lot of progress. Um, As far as Candace goes, I don't see, you know, progression from her only because I just feel like she's so angry about the whole thing where I feel like Monique has kind of gotten to that point where she's like, she's not angry for that thing, but she's also not. It's kind of like what she said at the end of the episode where, you know, um, the producer had asked her, like, are you sorry? Or I think she said, are you remorseful? And she said, I am remorseful for my actions but I'm not sorry that it happened or something like that. She said something along the lines of that. And, um, that, you know, that's what I've been saying from the beginning. Obviously she was going to get to a point where she was remorseful for the initial fight, but I don't think she should be, you know, sorry for, you know, what, what, you know, what went down. I don't think so at all. And, um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about Candace's, um, actions at the party in just a few minutes. I can't remember if I talked about this last week um, or not, but I just want to say that I think that that talk for Michael with Ashley's family must have been very awkward. Um, however, I do feel like it was necessary, and I think that he handled it extremely well, um, given the circumstances and you know what we know. Uh, I think that um, Michael is a very interesting person because I feel like he's good 50% of the time, and then he's not 50% of the time, so... Um, when he is good, he's good, but when he's bad, he's just kind of, like, not, I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I, I feel like you guys probably know what I'm talking about, like, he's one of those people where, like, you root for him, but you don't at the same time, and, um, obviously, I'm wishing Ashley and him the best, but, um, you know, they're still gonna, they're gonna have issues later down the road if they don't, you know, confront these now, and I think they need to continue going to therapy and counseling, and, and just get help on those issues, and that I I feel like there's definitely going to be a lot of trust issues moving forward, um, but uh, my main point, or my takeaway from that whole, um, interaction that they showed was just that it must have been very awkward for Michael, but I think that he handled it very well. So since the few rough patches that we've seen Karen and Ray go through, I just have to say I think it was so sweet and adorable 
um, how Ray came in, you know, as Karen was leaving for the home shopping network thing. Um, I just think he was so sweet. He was like, I wish I could go with you, but you know, it's really busy with work, but I'm really proud of you. And I, I, um, I'm, I'm really rooting for them because I just feel like they're such a cute couple, you know, together. Obviously they're going through, you know, or they were going through some rough patches, but I hope that COVID, um, made them stronger. Maybe we'll find out a little bit more at the reunion, but, um, I think that um, they've definitely made progress from the last couple episodes that we saw where, you know, he couldn't even say that he loved her. And um, I think that with Karen and Ray, it's one of those things where we only know so much so we can only judge based off of what we see. It's not like we see much of them on social media or I mean, I I see Karen on social media, but I don't see the two of them together. So um, it's one of those situations where we can only judge what we're seeing and um, all I can say is that I think Ray is definitely making an effort and it seems like things are going okay. So, um, I'm rooting for them. I think another great moment of last night's, um, finale was seeing Juan get, um, kind of choked up, you know, when they were both in therapy. I think just the fact that they were both going to therapy or counseling, whatever you want to call it, I think that was just great and shows that, you know, they really care about working towards something. Um, I know obviously he ended up proposing, but, um, I just think that's great. It shows a lot of courage in a relationship. And um, yeah, I think it was really sweet to see Juan get choked up because, um, you know, obviously they've been through a lot together, but what's really cool about them is they didn't give up. And I think a lot of people just tend to give up. Um, granted, I mean, it's really hard to make a marriage like that work. I mean, I'm not a relationship expert, but I could only imagine. Um, you know, they've got two little ones. They've got, you know just everything that they know about each other. And, um, I actually, I didn't, I don't know if I remember hearing that before that both of his parents had passed away. And, um, so obviously, you know, he, he leaned on, um, he leaned a lot on Robin and relied on her. And I think it's really sweet that they're, they've made it this far, um, through financial troubles, through cheating, through everything. I think that's really great. And it shows a lot of courage and, um, you know, they just, they seem like, just such they they seem like the perfect couple only because they've worked so hard to get where they are now all right so starting with this um holiday party why is michael even saying anything about the whole proposal thing i have no idea Uh, i feel like he thinks that he knows juan and thinks that like he knows exactly what he would do and say and um i feel like he doesn't and um i frankly think it was a little inappropriate for him to like you know, come out and say, well, I know Juan and he, he's not going to do it. And it's like, okay, like you, you don't know him because it's, this has been a planned thing for like this whole season. So clearly you don't know him as well as you thought you did. Um, and I just think it was stupid for him to even say anything to begin with. I also think that liquor and Michael just like do not equal because every time that he drinks liquor, I feel like, uh, he like turns into like a different person. Like he's like this, like, I don't, I don't know. Like he's got like an issue where like, you know, he'll start drinking and something bad will happen. Like he'll touch somebody inappropriately. He'll say something inappropriate. He'll, you know, he'll just do something inappropriate. He'll get, in this case, he got angry. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So after all the anticipation for this whole season, uh, we finally saw the proposal that, you know, it was a buildup. <laughs> And I think um, it was probably, I, I think it was the sweetest moment of the whole season. And I also think that it's probably my favorite proposal I've ever seen on any franchise, um, which is a big statement because there's been so many different proposals. Um, but no, thinking back, like 
from all the proposal I, proposals I've seen, the reason that makes this one um, the sweetest and the best one is just the fact of how far Robin and Juan have, have come to get to this point. And um, you know that this time he really meant it. Um, and <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. God forbid it doesn't work out, then there's no hope in true love because this couple has been through the ringer and um, I, I feel like it's going to work out, but I'm just saying like, um, you know, they, they have been through so much. Um, they are the epitome of what it takes to work on a marriage and all that stuff. And um, they've been through so many challenges together that I feel like this, this time, I think they've got it right. And um, obviously wish nothing but the best for them. So heading towards the end of this episode, we had a lot of things that started going on. First of all, uh, we're going to talk about this whole, you know, group conversation amongst the women. Uh, and then we'll get into the Chris and Michael thing. So, um, first of all, you guys are going to have to help me out because I don't understand what this whole time issue is with Karen. Um, I, I understand from what I understand is that, so if I'm breaking the situation down, Karen initially was going to have Candace come early, but then she ended up having Monique come early because Candace was running late. So where is the issue here? Because Candace is saying, well, if I had gotten there early, then Monique would have been there. Okay. Like what is the big deal? Okay. So Karen did a little play and she tried to get, you know, Monique to come before Candace. She was just trying to get Monique to the party either before or after Candace came. And since Candace said she was going to be late, Karen had Monique come early. I don't see where the issue is here. uh, Karen wanted her friend Monique there to support her. Monique obviously wanted to come and she didn't want to cause any drama amongst the women. So she ended up coming early and Candace was, you know, late. I don't see the issue here. I don't understand why everybody is coming for Karen so hard on this. Um, And one thing that I, I will say is I feel like, and, and this is, this, this gets Candace in trouble a lot. She always gets loud for no reason. Um, obviously you're seeing the women sitting there. They're talking kind of in heightened voices just because of it's loud in the, in the, um, uh, event space. However, Candace proceeds to then get even louder and start yelling at Karen. And obviously Karen's not going to start yelling, um, cause that's just, you know, not who Karen is, but, um, I feel like this is what gets Candace in trouble a lot is she always gets loud and it's very unnecessary. And I think that it gets her into trouble, um, you know, especially with Monique, what, what we saw happen this season. So um, there, there's lots of st- there was lots of stuff going on, but I, I don't see where the issue is with the time thing. And I'm definitely on Karen's side with that. All right. So moving on to the whole Michael and Chris situation, um, I, I said before that I think that liquor and Michael don't equal Um, I also want to add that Michael is like so weird at parties. And I think that that has to do with the alcohol, but um, he's just really weird in like social settings because like they're showing these scenes of him and he's like talking about like, you know, he's talking to the guys and granted this wouldn't be weird if he was openly like bi or whatever, but he's openly straight. So for him to like come off like and talk to all these like little groups of people and he's just like, man, you're a good looking guy. Like, I'm not gay, but you're like a good looking guy. Like, it's just, and he does this every single time. And it's, it's, it's uncomfortable because you know that like, he's not gay. Um, and it's like, it would be better if he was just like openly bi and he was making these comments, like it would be fine. Um, but I think it's because he's so openly straight that it just makes people uncomfortable. Um, on top of the fact that he's married. Um, so, okay. That's separate. That's besides the issue. Um, I am honestly, like, kind of confused as to, like, what was actually, like, happening with Chris and Michael, because I feel like 
that whole scene was taken out of context. Um, it seems kind of weird that Michael would just like walk up to Chris and say like, you need to control your wife. Um, obviously I don't think he meant it in like a, um, in like a, um, I I don't want to say like negative way if that's the right word, but like, it didn't seem like he was being like, like, yo, I'm going to punch you. Like if you don't control your wife, like he was just saying, yo, you got to control your wife. Like she's getting loud over there. And then Chris, like, he like looks over and like gets, gets like this weird look in his eye. And he's just like, you need to back the fuck up or something like that. He said something weird like that. And, um, I don't know. I was just like weirded out by that. And I was like, is this taken out of, like, it seemed like it was taken out of context. It seemed like all of a sudden we cut to this scene and Michael's just like walking over to Chris. And, um, obviously, I mean, Chris doesn't like Michael for whatever reason. Um, well, actually he probably does have good reason, but I don't feel like he should have gotten in his face. Um, yeah. Um, and nothing, I mean, I took notes here, but I'm just like looking at, I I mean, Chris is a punk. Um, and so is Candace. This is how they are. Like they antagonize people and then they're just like, well, I didn't do anything. I mean, I thought it was so funny how like Chris was the one who initiated that whole, like he like pushed Michael back and like got in his face and everything. And then once they left, you know, uh, Candace and Chris are over there and they're just, um, you know, they're standing there and, um, sorry, I'm trying to remember what he said. He was just like, um, what did he say? Oh, he was like, I didn't do anything. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you did do something. You fucking pushed him back. And then you're uh, pretending like nothing happened. Like, this is just so insane to me. I also have never seen Ashley get that loud. Um, You know, obviously, like, so what happened with Chris and Michael went down and then, you know, Michael went into like the producer's room and I, I don't know what was happening in there. I don't know what he was angry about. I don't know what the issue was, but then, you know, obviously he probably started putting hands on people because he went around the corner. It's just so much shit was happening. And then, you know, you just see Ashley getting so pissed at him. And, um, you know, they claim they're in a good place, but that was just crazy. I mean, um, this reunion is going to be really interesting because I feel like a lot of that night was taken out of context and not shown. Um, and I would love to kind of break that down with Andy and the women, because I don't really know exactly who to be mad about but as of right now I don't really like how Chris handled that situation so I have to say that I'm kind of on Michael's side um I just I just feel like Candace and Chris like are just punks like they you know they they come and you know what I'm like losing my train of thought here they're come they they come into the room and they you know they point the finger at everybody else and they get aggressive and then they back away and they're like I didn't do anything I didn't do anything like it, I, people like that drive me crazy. So, and I feel like Ashley, I'm sorry, not Ashley. I feel like Candace has done that a lot this season. So we got a final update on the whole court thing that went back and forth between Monique and Candace. And, um, I I wasn't expecting there to be any action with that, but obviously Monique had said that, um, you know, um, the court threw it out because it, you know, judging by all the footage, it was a mutually consented, fight, which, um, guys, I mean, it, it really was, I mean, there's nothing, it, it's not like, you know, she was saying, don't hit me, don't hit me. And then, and then Monique, you know, hit her. Um, it's, it's honestly ridiculous at this point that Candace is still trying to play the victim in this situation. Um, I feel like she needs to take responsibility for her part in it 
and Monique will take her responsibility for her part in it, and then it will be done. It'll be squashed. Um, I don't think it was just like a fight for reality TV. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like Monique is somebody to do that. Um, cause this, this is, this was like an intense fight, you know, this wasn't like, um, you know, this wasn't like a, something that they did for TV. You can obviously tell Monique was very, her feelings were very real and valid and she was angry. Um, and you know, I disagree with Candace cause I know she said that the, the court system was judging it as like a reality TV fodder or whatever, but I completely disagree. I don't feel like this was warranted. I don't feel like this was planned and um, this is why I feel like we should just move on from it because these were real feelings um, and this was a real fight and I don't know, it's just time to move on from this, guys. I don't feel like we need to, you know, get court systems involved. I've said this, you know, across this whole season, I don't feel like we should have gotten involved with any of that, but here we are and um, obviously there was closure for that. Well, my friends, we have reached the end of this reaction. I hope you enjoyed it. And what a cool season, <laughs> uh, full of so many great moments and so many terrible moments. Um, all I can say for the reunion, I, you know, I watched the reunion trailer a couple times now, and my thoughts are I'm really excited to see what gets brought up. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what the conclusion of this season is, if any alliances have shifted, excuse me, sorry, um, if any of the alliances have shifted, if any, uh, friendships are mended, I don't really know, um, what to expect going in, other than the fact that Monique has a binder of receipts, and I'm here for it, um, I saw so many memes on Twitter of, like, you know, this binder, and I'm so excited to see what's in this binder, <laughs> um, there was one thing I was going to say, oh, um, initially, I had heard that there could, there could potentially be a four-part reunion, um, I don't know if there should be a four-part reunion, only, honestly, because I don't think that we should drag this out for another four weeks. I think that we need to do this in three weeks. Um, reun reunions already are kind of tough to get through because there are another three weeks of, of, of like a cliffhanger. But I feel like um, I, I feel like we need to get this over with and we need to squash this as soon as we can. So I'm going to say that I, um, I'm hoping for a three-part reunion. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a four-part reunion. But um, all I can say is uh, we're hoping for the best and we're hoping a lot of this drama gets squashed at the reunion. Uh, so thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked it, please subscribe so you know when the new episodes are here. As always, send me a voice message if you have any questions or any drama you'd like me to address. Follow me on Instagram at AJ Jafari for updates on the podcast. Until next time, this was Housewives Happy Hour with AJ.